in your Bibles, if you would please, this morning, Luke chapter number 2. We were there last week, and we'll be there again this week. Luke chapter number 2. And we'll begin reading in verse number 11. Let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, this morning in honor of the Word of God. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 11. The angel is speaking here. He's proclaiming what has just happened. And he says in verse number 11 of Luke chapter number 2, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this morning. I pray that you would fill me and use me. God, my thoughts and my speech help me to say what you would have me to say and only what you would have me to say. Thank you for sending your Son to be our Savior. I pray that you'd help us this morning as we remember the birth of your Son and the eventual sacrifice that He gave. Help us, Lord, as we worship You and Your Son. I pray that You'd fill this place with Your presence and with Your power. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. and Amen. You can be seated. There are two passages that are the most popular concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. Of course, Luke chapter number 2 is the most widely used and the most widely read. But also in Matthew chapter number 1, we see that the birth of Christ is given to Joseph. Joseph isn't sure what to do with this new wife of his that has been espoused to him, but they've not yet been married, and she is now found with child. And while he's pondering on these things, the angel of the Lord appears unto him. And in verse number 21 of Matthew chapter number 1, the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. There's only one reason why in these two passages Jesus was said to be born. In Luke chapter number 2 it said, For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior. And in Matthew chapter number 1 as Joseph is told about the birth of his son, that would soon come, that of course was not physically born by Joseph, it was born of God in the womb of Mary. But he would raise that child, and as he's told, to fear not to take unto him Mary his wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, he was told that that one that would come would save his people from their sins. You know, we often on Christmas focus on all of the other things surrounding this day. And it's okay, it's a good thing to enjoy our family. If you're able to spend time together, it's a good thing to enjoy our friends. It's a good thing to open some presents and enjoy the Christmas holiday and all those things. Some of the things that I look forward to most are the apple pies made by my mother, which I will be hopefully eating sometime around midnight tonight. 
We were going to leave uh, tomorrow morning to go and be with family, and since my kids are trapped in Indiana, we'll be shooting out of here as quickly as we can to go find them. They teased me yesterday. They FaceTimed with us and showed me pictures of, or showed me video of the pies that my mother made. It's the only request. It's the only request I have every Christmas from my mother. Would you please make your apple pies? She makes the most amazing crumble top apple pie. And if if you you know if 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 uh, if you uh, have a a mother that bakes as well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody does it like mom can, right? And they were teasing me. Look what grandma made. We'll we'll leave you some maybe. Such loving people. It's good to enjoy the Christmas holiday, to enjoy the family and the friends and enjoy all of the stuff that we get to eat and the movies that you watch together, the Christmas traditions that we all have. And I'm, 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 it never ceases to amaze me the different Christmas traditions that families have. Uh, and it shows all the great personalities that are in the world and all of the different preferences that people have. Uh, some of us might think all the differences are weird, but the reality is the differences are great. It's what makes life so fun. And so, I don't know what your Christmas traditions are. Those are good things to have fun with and to enjoy. But, you know, I, as, as I thought about and prayed about continuously throughout the week, and actually for weeks before this, uh, what I should do for the service this morning, the truth is that there are a limited number of passages that you can turn to concerning Christmas. And as I have been wont to do in the past, I don't always preach Christmas messages on Christmas uh, weekend, but I believe this is what the Lord has led me to do, and I hope certainly that if we do nothing else, all we hopefully bring out of this service, if nothing else, is that Jesus was born to be our Savior. Amen. How in the world does this help people today? I want to say, first of all, it helps those who are lost it helps those who are lost. The word Savior means deliverer. You know the first time the word deliverer is used in the Bible? It's used in the book of Judges. Do you know what was happening in the book of Judges? You see, Israel had gone astray from, their, uh, from, from, from the Lord and had not... Whoa, I was afraid that was going to happen and I couldn't, I couldn't speak while I was trying to get that lid off. I'll stay behind the pulpit while I dry off. The first time the word deliverer is used, it's in the book of Judges. And often, if you want to find the significance, I need a towel. If you want to find the significance of a word in the Scriptures, some of you have heard of what might be called the law of first mention. The first time something is mentioned in the Scriptures, not always, but often. The description and definition of what God's original intent for that word is, is given well, the first time the word deliverer appears in the Scriptures, it appears in the book of Judges, chapter number 3. The Bible says, And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel, who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Now, not many people know anything about Othniel. It's not a very significant name. But uh, what is... Uh, what begins in Judges chapter number 3, as Israel cried out to God for a deliverer, what is, what is happening here 
is that Israel had gone astray from God. They had, unfortunately, the Bible says, played the whore against God. They had run from Him and began to worship other idols and worship other gods of the land around them. And God told them if they did so, that He would send famine and pestilence among them and that He would also send them to be captive of other nations. And so, other nations began to take them captive. They were now subservient or serving other nations. And the Bible says, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, that the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel. <coughs> now there's one reason why Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, is not significant to us. Because unfortunately, when the first time Israel cried out for a deliverer, the first time a deliverer was sent, it was not a permanent deliverance. Because what ended up happening was Israel went back into sin, and they went back into captivity, and they had to be delivered again. And then they went back into sin, and went back into captivity, and they had to to be delivered again. And as you read through the book of Judges, you see this happening over and over and over and over and over again. And so, the first time the word deliver is used in the scriptures, it is not used in a way that would be that of a permanent deliverance, but rather that man was constantly struggling with his sin. But then there came a day when a Savior would come. And the Bible says that He would be the Savior, which means the Deliverer, and that He would deliver once and for all. It would be permanent deliverance. It would be eternal and complete deliverance. And when David, later on in the book of Psalms, spoke of His eventual eternal Deliverer, he said it this way, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. When he said that he was going to be delivered, he also used the word salvation, which means that not only would he be saved from his enemies and delivered from the things in this earth, but that he would also be saved eternally. David was preaching and speaking of that eternal deliverance which would one day come by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so the first time the word deliverer was used, it is a picture of the struggle of man with our sin. But the first time it was used in correlation with salvation, it is a picture of our eternal and permanent deliverance when we come unto the Savior. And so, why is it important that today we celebrate a Savior who was born? Because it helps those who are lost. They have been delivered, and you can be, should I say, delivered from your sin. I want to say if you sit here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that unto you is born this day. Whew, a Savior. A Deliverer. I know you've heard it a whole bunch of times, but it never gets old to me. I still remember the day I was delivered. And it was around the Christmas holiday, and oh my soul, the deliverance that took place, it wasn't a temporal deliverance, where after that, that I would have to come back to Him and beg Him to save me from my sin over and over and over again, but rather that one time that I confessed my sin and called upon Him as my Savior, the Bible says that He would be my rock and my fortress, my buckler, my high tower. Listen, the name of the Lord is a high tower, and those that run unto Him are safe. Listen to me, He is a permanent deliverer to those who are lost. If you are lost in your sin, you don't have to be lost for another moment. You have a Savior that was born. He was born to save you from your sin, to save you from yourself, to save you from hell. And I beg you, please, if you don't know the Savior that I know, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And He came to save you who are lost. 
I want to say secondly, not only is it helpful to those who are lost, but it's helpful to those who have lost. The holidays are difficult for some because of the loss of people they loved. I have not yet known the grief of losing a parent or a sibling. And I thank God for that. I have, though, lost many that I love. And though I don't know the grief that some of you know, I know that the Bible tells us of our Deliverer and how that He is the Savior of those who have been lost if they turned unto Him for salvation. And how that, that brings hope in a time of great pain. It's a help to those who are lost and it's a help to those who have lost. Because that one who is a deliverer has delivered us from the sting of death and from that which causes such grief. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Now notice what the Bible just said. The sting of death is sin. For those that die in their sin, death has a great sting to it. But for those who die and have been saved from their sin, the sting of death should and can be removed for those of us that are still here and for those who have been saved. If you have been at the bedside of somebody who was saved and you saw what happened to them before they slipped into eternity, not all got a glimpse of heaven, but I believe to this day that there are some who get a glimpse of what is coming and that they see those angels who come to carry them away. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter number 16 that when Lazarus was, uh, when he died and when he was taken to heaven, the Bible says he was carried away by angels. Is everybody with me? And I don't know exactly what happens, but I know this, that when our loved ones who knew the Lord, when they reach that final shore and they begin to look over into eternity, I don't know if they see the face of our Savior, I don't know if they see those angels that are coming to grab them and escort them to heaven, but I know this, that we have a Savior who comes for those who were saved when they die. And I tell you what, there is no comfort like that to know that if we have lost somebody that we love, that if they knew the Savior, that we will one day see, see them again. And that the sting of death can be removed if they have been forgiven for their sins. Listen, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came as a Savior to deliver us from death and to deliver us from hell, and that is a help to those who have lost. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. I thank God that one of these days this old fleshly robe will drop off and that we will be delivered from the bondage of corruption that we live in in this flesh. More and more when I kneel before my Savior. I find myself saying, Lord, come quickly and deliver me from this body of sin. All of us struggle 
with our sin and we struggle in sin. But thanks be to God, one of these days we'll be delivered from the bondage of corruption that we live in and we'll have the glorious liberty of the children of God. The glorious liberty of a new body, a new nature, and a brand new look on life. First of all, it is a help to those who were lost. It is a help to those who have lost. And when the Bible says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It is a help, excuse me, it's a help to those who are lost. It is a help to those who have lost. And it's also a help to those who were lost. You see, let me explain this if I could for a brief moment this morning. For those that have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, we often think about the saving of, or, or, or the, the saving of our soul in eternity. But can I say that He's more than just a Savior in eternity? He is a Savior currently as you live because He is still a Savior who helps us be delivered from our sins, from our current bondage of sin, and from all of the hardship that we face because of our sin. Now listen, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter number 2, Wherefore in all things it behooved Him to be made like unto His brethren, that He might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that He Himself has suffered being tempted, He is able to succor them that are tempted. You know what that word succor means? It means to aid, to relieve, to help. Are you listening? In other words, because we have a Savior, He is able to help those who have been saved and relieve us when we are tempted. Often, in this flesh, we are tempted to sin. And the Bible tells us that in that He Himself has suffered being tempted, He is able to succor them that are tempted. He's able to relieve us, to aid us. Often what we do when we are tempted is that we run away from the Lord instead of running to him. Do you understand that Jesus Christ was made in the form of man so that he could come and understand what it is that we deal with in our temptations and he did it yet without sin so that he could deliver us and aid us and relieve us in our time of temptation. We should be ashamed of our sin but we should also run to the Savior for help when our temptations come. He is a Savior for us today. We should run to Him for forgiveness after we sin. We should run to Him for help to help us not give in to our temptations before we sin. In Hebrews chapter number 7, the Bible says, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. He came to be like us and did so in a sinless way, and He became us so that He could understand us, and He did so so that when we go to Him, we can go boldly before the throne of grace and receive help in our time of need. Listen to me. It is a help to those who were lost because we still need in this flesh deliverance from our sin. It's okay to turn to friends when we're tempted. It's okay to turn to family when we're tempted. But the one that we should run to first should be our Savior. I don't understand this, but somehow He understands us. Christ was tempted. He didn't sin. And He wants to help. 
Run to the Savior. If you're here this morning and you're struggling in sin, run to the Savior. He wants to deliver you from the bondage that you keep struggling with. Leave your sins at this altar today, Christian. If this is the first time you've been in a church in a while because it's Christmas and you came with family, I'm not slighting you. I'm not getting after you. I'm saying please understand that you have a loving Savior who is pleading with you that He wants to deliver you. He wants to bring you up out of what you've been struggling with and give you another chance. You say, well, He gave me another chance a long time ago. Well, let me tell you something. He is the God of chances and He continues to forgive and he says 70 times 7 we should forgive and I believe that he'll do that with us and it's not because that he wants us to count 490 times before it's over it's because he wants us to know that he forgives completely and wholly and he'll do it over and over and over and over and over and over can I say it again and over and over and over and he'll forgive and he'll forgive and he'll forgive come unto him and make sure that you confess your sin and forsake your sin and you'll find mercy. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Hey Christian, listen to this preacher. You've been struggling with sin. Unto you was born this day a Savior. Let Him be born again in your heart and in your mind and in your life. Stop running and come back home. There's an old song that says, Come home. Your Father really loves you. Come home. He really truly cares. Listen to me. You need to understand that He wants you to run back to Him. Hey, prodigal, listen to this preacher. He wants you back home. You don't listen to the world. You don't listen to the devil. Well, I've gone too far. Well, I've gone too deep. Well, I've done too much. Let me tell you something. You have a heavenly Father that is waiting at the portals of glory for you to approach unto Him and and the Bible says that if we draw nigh unto God, that He will draw nigh unto us. Amen. You need to take the first step. But once you take the first step to the Savior, He'll be your deliverer. Amen. Run to the Savior this morning because there is a Savior who was born and we celebrate it this day. Amen. Run to you was born this day in the city of David, a Savior. How does this help? It helps those who are lost. If you're lost today and you need a Savior, come unto Him. It helps those who have lost. Remember that those that you love have been delivered from their sin, the pain of it, the bondage of it, the fight against it. And the truth is they have eternal forgiveness for it. And one of these days we will too. It helps those who have lost. And the fact that we have a Savior is a help to those who were lost, but are saved and need deliverance again. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please seal these truths in our hearts and minds with the power of your Holy Spirit. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, how many would say this morning,